podcast is out. The age of independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone, and loyal listeners, and welcome back to the Agency Intelligence Podcast. I'm Caitlin Agar, and I'm guest hosting, bringing you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial they want you to believe, because the forecast is out and the age of independence is here. There's some fake intelligence that we're going to debunk today. And that is this myth that your agency is some kind of dinosaur or relic from the past. And uh, companies out there are losing a little faith in the agency force because that's something that the big directs want them to believe. So I don't believe that. I believe that you still have a competitive advantage and that to compete, you don't need to change the heart and soul of your agency, but you do need competitive intelligence. And that's what we're here to bring you today. Uh, Part of that competitive intelligence is what can your agency learn from call centers? And there I said it, the, the, (laughs) (laughs) call centers. And um, we're talking about the big Goliaths, the ones you see on the billboards that uh, want your clients to think that they can, you know, save X percentage in two minutes. So I had to invite Alejandro Velez, um, (laughs) carrier aficionado and call center expert. Alejandro, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm actually very excited about this. So I have to share with our loyal listeners, Alejandro is a colleague of mine. And uh, tell us what you do, Alejandro. So I am the Director of Strategic Alliances for Quantum Assurance International. Um, I handle the contracts, carrier relations, regulatory issues, those sort of things. Um, And uh, I am a giant insurance nerd when it comes right down to it. I love that you like, that's your like Alejandro branding. I am an insurance nerd. So we might nerd out a little bit today on today's call. Alejandro can't help it. It's who he is. (laughs) Um, And I'm willing to bet that some of us are insurance nerds deep down too. We know the ins and outs of the contracts and all that fun stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard to find people out there in the real world that want to talk about those things on Friday night over barbecue, Mm -hmm. right? So yeah, just, just ask all of my friends who... (laughs) Uh, just, you know, turn their phones off when I, uh, start talking insurance. So what do you do on the weekends, Alejandro, when you're not working? Well, when I'm not working, so for fun, I actually, I actually enjoy cooking, being with the family, but my actual, I'm not a TV guy. I'm not, I, I'm, I do enjoy reading or listening to books, but really my heart goes into the insurance world. I am constantly reading insurance journals. Um, I am heavily interested in what's happening in the industry as a whole, the trends to see what's the next move, where, you know, which carrier is doing what, what's happening. So you don't like TV. You nope. don't like nope. 
you know, just chilling on the weekend and putting your feet up. So how does your wife feel about that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, what is my saying? My saying is I work long and hard to keep my wife happy because of my professional life takes up so much time that literally I don't even know how to get into the bank account because <laughs> I'm like, babe, you take that. I'll just keep working and just don't get mad that I'm pulling a 20 hour day. She is a hero. She is awesome. So tell us about your kiddos. So I have three. So my oldest is 11, Lauren. Um, then I have an eight-year-old. His name is Carlos. And then my youngest is four, uh, Eduardo. And he is a hellion. So I am literally hoping, praying that the door right over there doesn't swing open. Um, I will tell you, I have been on actual carrier relations calls where my two oldest have broken through the door like it was some sort of Western saloon and boxed themselves all the way to the bed where until I'm like, please hold on one second. I'm having a professional conversation, right? Please hold on one second. And then you flip this up. Heck is you. <laughs> so that is the muting so that then I can yell at the children and say, what in the world are you doing? What has gone wrong with your brains right now that you are doing this? I think it's like almost, it's not even like acceptable in 2020. It's like expected now that yes. something's going to be going on in the background. And one of the things we have in common is that one of my small children under the age of six might um, <laughs> decide to join us on this podcast episode <laughs> while we're recording. And I, I think back to, I don't know if anyone remembers this like viral thing on Facebook where a couple years back, this gentleman was, he was a journalist and he was presenting on like this huge network, CNN and super serious, right? Yeah. Like whole background, the whole map and everything. And then his little like five-year-old comes like dancing <laughs> into his study <laughs> and his mom like throws up in the door and is like crawling, trying to get the five-year-old while he's on this huge network. Yes. I remember that. I know what you're talking about. The gentleman was in the suit, the, 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 it was it was the nanny who ran in, like crawling in, trying to pull him out in the in the in the walker. Like remember, the 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 kid was in the walker, and the nanny's crawling in, and she doesn't know that she can be seen, and like just pulling. So classic. We'll have to yeah. link it for the listeners if you haven't seen it. But what's so funny is, had that happened to him this year, it never would have ever gone viral. No, it would have just been normal. It, it would just. So. Yeah, no, it's it's that time of the day again. Yeah, no, uh, one of the, one of the funny things, and I'll stop with this, uh, but each of my kids, because we're doing the, the, the virtual learning, each of my kids has their own office. Um, and each office is a closet, like a literal closet, like a laptop. <laughs> yeah. They have to, the, the school issues them laptops. I mean, they have their own, but they have to use the school's yeah. one. But I can't get them to work if they're all in the same area because they either fight or they want to talk or, you know, do sibling things. What kids do. Exactly. So each one of them has their own office. But my house doesn't have that many offices, so they are actually closets that we call offices. Offices. That so, yeah. It is, it, is a common, it is a common thing to hear. Carlos, what? get to your office. 
What kid wouldn't want to go to the office? It's so yes. cool. Uh, my kids. My kids don't want to go to the office. <laughs> I, I can't blame them. I can't point any fingers. Oh man, that is life these days. So yeah. um, kudos to you and your wife for rocking that out. I know you guys are a powerhouse. So uh, share with us a little bit about your backstory and how you came to be a carrier aficionado and insurance nerd and call center pro and all this good stuff. I think we need to dial it back. Um, I think before, when you were in debate, were you in insurance at the same time or was it like before? I, I was not. That was before. So, okay. so really the way that I got into insurance was it was a very happenstance. I actually uh, have a pre-law degree and my intention was to go to law school. Um, while I was in college, um, my father passed away uh, his last year. I am I am Hispanic. I am the oldest. So it was just kind of my expectation that you take care of the family. So um, I had a mega call center insurance company in my backyard. That's where I decided I was going to work. Didn't even put it together that they had to accept me. I was just like, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go work there. Um, but the passion really develops when, because when I went in, I went in on the claim side. Um, and I do think that there is some level of, of criticalness to the understanding of insurance because when you are when you are purchasing insurance, what you're literally purchasing is that claims experience, the claims protection should the need arise. So working on the claims, I saw what happens when you are underinsured. I saw I saw what happens when you don't carry insurance. I saw what, you know, people talk, people think that, um, they think that it's the, it's, it's the, the I'm going to say use insurance terms here, that it's the claim and it's the other party who is going to sue them. I hate you and you are going to sue me. And then there's this idea that, um, that, you know, they're not really going to come after little old me. What you don't understand is, insurance companies have massive um, payment recovery units. What those teams do is they file suit, they, you know, they file arbitrations. It is their job to get the money back. So let's say you didn't carry enough insurance, something happens, all of a sudden they're filing under their own underinsured or uninsured motorist coverages. That insurance company is coming back after you. And in, I mean, you're talking about wages garnished. You're talking about literally for the rest of your life, you are going to have to live on a percentage of what it is that you made because of a simple mistake. Because literally it could be looking down at the radio that causes that. So it was that understanding of what it is that an insurance company actually does that really brings that passion in because insurance is there to protect the most important things that you have. You know, when you, when you talk about you make a list of the top 10 most important things to you, insurance covers those things. And so having an understanding of the weight of what it is that you do, everyone wants to make an impact. Everyone wants to, 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 you know, help others. And, 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 and unfortunately the insurance industry gets a little bit of a bad rap where it comes to that because no one really wants to deal with insurance, but when you need your insurance, you need your insurance. And so that's where my passion comes in. It's understanding what it is that we're protecting, understanding that 
you know, having a conversation with your insurance agent can be the difference between your family, you know, if something were to happen to you, your family has to struggle for the rest of their lives, or um, you get into a car accident, you, you look at, you look down to the radio, you change the station, you get into a car accident, all of a sudden, um, your entire family is at risk. I like to say, insurance takes a bad day and, pre- and prevents a bad life. Um, and that's, that's really where the passion comes from. That's huge. So you, you started in claims and this light bulb went off that like, this is really a big deal. And so in a nutshell, just tell us a little bit about this, like arbitration record of yours that I've heard about what happened. So I did hold a, I, I hold, I held, I guess I don't work there anymore, but um, when I was in claims, um, I actually held an undefeated arbitration record, um, meaning that I was defending the arbitrations coming in from those other, those other insurance companies that were suing our, our insureds. That's who I was protecting. So you had, you were, you had been like working on your pre-law degree. You mm-hmm. were a national ranked debater and this like amazing undefeated record in claims. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. That's what scares me because the big topic at quantum right now is like whether or not our inaugural mascot is going to renew next year. <laughs> I have a feeling that I might lose that debate because Alejandro and I want different mascots. <laughs> Wait, I thought we wanted the same mascot. See, I want the lion. You are. I thought we wanted the same one. I thought we wanted it. Look, it's right there. We'll we'll put it up for a a vote. You guys tell us what you think. So uh, just give me a chance to, uh, to, to, to rebut and uh, we'll enjoy that lion. (laughs) So long story short, moving on, um, you have really dominated in couple call center environments for fortune 500 and fortune 100 insurance organizations um, with different companies. And it didn't stop in claims. You also dominated in sales just to give our listeners just a little speedy update there and other departments, life, financial, all the good stuff. So we're, we're hoping to dig into a little bit of that and kind of like get an idea of what life is like in a call center. What is it that call centers are doing so well that's their like competitive advantage that enables them to become these like goliaths in the industry and so i want to talk a little bit today about what agencies can learn from call centers but i don't want to stop there i think it's really important that we touch on what call centers could be or should be learning from agencies because there's so much that the agency force is already doing to outpace what these big um call center competitors are doing. And we don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose that heart and soul of what we do and that passion for really getting to know a family and really protecting a client. That's so, so important. So um, I think what happens is we look at these billboards in these commercials and we see that some of these big directs are they're changing the conversation of what insurance, uh, what um, insureds expect from their insurance company, um, things like say, uh, 14% in 14 minutes or what have you. And then we see, um, we see these, um, deck pages from clients that are in our office and we see like state minimum coverages on there, or we see, um, gaps in their protection. And we start to think like, oh man, like, like why would clients go there? Why would they do business there when they could have a professional consultation with a local agent? And I think that there's a lot to be said for that. What, what we 
don't want to do is um, let our disdain for what the big directs, the big Goliaths are doing wrong, what the misses are, cloud our ability to be able to identify what it is that they're doing really well. Because what if, what if we could learn from it? So can you tell us what, what you, what comes to mind when you think about call center organizations and like, why are they able to do what they do? What kind of systems do they have in place that agency owners need to um, think through? So, I mean, what call centers do well really boils down to efficiency. So when you are in a traditional call center setting, what you are talking about primarily is your average handling times, your what percentage of the time were you available to take calls? Um, I mean, it, it boils down to really a 1% increase in handling time means that you need a 1% increase in staff to handle to handle that. So the focus is always going to be speed. I mean, look at the billboards that you were talking about. It's about time. And so when you look at what it is that, that the directs are really trying to do is change that narrative to the expectation that you should have from your insurance company is that you are fast. Um, that it's not a cumbersome process, that it doesn't take long. But at the same time, remember what it is that you're protecting. So that's where that trade-off comes in. But what they, I mean, call centers do efficiency very well. They're going to get you on and off. They do that through, you know, they, they compartmentalize. So when you call, you're going to talk to an agent who specializes in this. And if you want to talk about something else, you're They're going to pass you to an agent that specializes in this. And then let's say you have to go to all, you need an umbrella policy because you are somebody of means that's going to be somebody else still. Um, but what gets lost is when you compartmentalize, the conversation isn't being passed along. What this person, with the first agent you spoke to never speaks to the second agent and they never speak to the third agent. So everybody's having that conversation over again. They're focused on the speed. So they're not trying to get the full understanding of who you are as a person. So it's very difficult to actually make a, a, a true recommendation oftentimes it's going to be a blind recommendation because so, you go ahead. They never had the time to, they never had the time to really learn what are the exposures. So, so speed and segmenting, let's, let's <laughs> roll up our sleeves and break these down a little bit. So okay. let's look at segmenting first. You, you called it comp compartmentalizing because yes. they, they don't just specialize sales and service. They break it down to the nitty gritty. So right. I think that as we think through, here are the things that call centers are doing that they're really great out. The next question is, what can I learn from that? So one of the first things that comes to mind for me is, hey, there's probably something there with specializing roles and segmenting roles that could benefit my agency. Now, maybe it doesn't make sense for your agency to over compartmentalize departments because then the opportunity cost is the quality of the conversation with the client. And that's one of your advantages as an agency. So if you know that, okay, one of the best tools in my tool belt is the quality of mm -hmm. consultation and the connection, the conversation with my client, the time and care that I'm spending with my client, then I'm going to keep those things. I'm going to keep those things as a part of the heart and soul of my agency while I'm thinking about other big changes that we might make to scale and grow. So, okay. Right. 
So we, we could probably learn something from segmenting and specializing, but we don't want to lose the heart and soul of that quality and care. So we're not going to over compartmentalize. And one first easy step that we found with that is specializing sales and service so that when a new sales producer comes on board at your agency and they sit down at their desk and they put on their headset and they start taking calls, they're only working one type of calls. They're not working a call where it's someone that's looking for a quote. And then five minutes later, while they're in wrap up and working on their quote, they're getting a call for an ID card or to add a new driver. So that's something that makes a world of difference. And then once that happens, you can start to specialize your agency even more from there over time, all while keeping the focus on the quality of the conversation and making sure that that training and cross training and continuous coaching is happening so that you have a well-rounded producer that can handle a car conversation, a home conversation, and an umbrella conversation. Right. And then I think it's really important we talk about speed, Alejandro. Is this a, this is an advantage to call center. So it, it's something that they use. It's a tool in their tool belt, but is it one that agencies should be adopting when they're trying to achieve efficiency? Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. So, okay. So I would say you don't want waste. Like true waste is not something that you're going to be looking for. Lag, but lag. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want take a call, go hang out for a bit, come take another call. You're take just not working. Send a remarket out. Exactly. But so so you want you want that efficiency. But when it comes to speed, that is just something that you're not I don't I don't the use of the term speed to me that is almost I'm gonna say it it's it's almost a gross word when it comes to insurance because think of what's on the line Mm -hmm. exactly think of what's on the line you were you, you know you were you were discussing that segmenting into sales and service and what is beautiful about that segment versus breaking it up by line of like by product line is insurance bleeds into each other so 
your auto policy and your home policy and your umbrella policy, those all comprise your insurance portfolio. Whereas if you were having a conversation with someone who's never going to know what kind of house you have or that you have multiple houses or things like that, their recommendation on the auto policy is going to be very different um, because they don't know what assets you have. You have three houses. They don't know that. Maybe they're not going to push you over to the umbrella because they honestly, they don't know what assets you have and they're not going to be comfortable having that conversation because it's going to draw out that average handling time. And so when it comes time for promotions or even corrective action, sometimes those things are going to come way against you. So with a pressure of speed, um, the reason I call it a dirty word is because you're losing protection. You're losing the understanding of who the individual that is being insured is and those pieces that contribute to the exposure, to that overall picture of what needs to be protected. So when you break it up into that sales and service, you do get to some level of efficiency in that this person is only dealing with, they're specializing in customers who are already with your organization. So it's ID cards, it's adding drivers, it's adding cars, it's removing drivers, it's a, it's a move. But they're dealing with that pocket of, of, of situations um, and they get, you know, one, you get faster at it um, and, and two, they can focus on that. And we already have the information from the sales agent as to what was the exposure. What does this customer need? And then they can just touch bases. Everything's still the same. Do you still have this? Do you still have this? Is there a need? You know, that's the conversation that that team's having. Whereas on the sales side, it is a conversation of um, we're looking at those assets. We're looking at what what is your vision of a legacy? What is your, you know, what is it that you, what do you own? What do you have to protect? Um, so that agent is getting to see all of those pieces. We do recommend copious documentation but um you get to see all of those pieces and that's the only way you can make a recommendation in my 15 years of of of, of being an insurance nerd i have yet to figure out a way where you can make a solid recommendation without knowing what it is you're protecting like it's i mean even if you go into like into into public records and things like that, you're still not going to know. You can make it faster. You can get you can see a picture of the house and know if it's a gable roof or a hip roof. You know when the house was built because you can pull that up on public records. But what public records isn't telling you is what else does this person have? What does this person does exactly? What do they? What's important to them? So one thing that comes to the surface for me while we're thinking through this strategically and we're breaking down, okay, what are call centers great at that can, is something I could adopt in my agency? We're saying, okay, so speed and efficiency is something they're good at, but we don't want to be speedy. We just want to be efficient and not have efficient. lag time. So one of the, like, I wouldn't say it's super easy, but one of the number one things that you can adopt right now on your sales and service teams is a a team culture of, we always quote live. This is something that they do in the, in the, in call centers where a client calls in and Alejandro, tell us about that. Like, what do we mean by quote live? So quote live just means that the customer calls in and they get the quote before they end the call. Um, so you're getting that efficiency. I mean, it's 2020. Um, we are all expecting to, to be able to get the information lickety split. 
Um, you don't want to compromise the, the, the protection and those things, but you still want to move pretty quickly. Right. And Correct. so what we found is that if you're having a really like fun conversation with the client and getting to know them and they're confident they reach the right person, more often than not, they do have time to spend with you on the phone and to get you the right information and to walk through everything with you so that you can do a total risk review with them. And that is so much more effective quoting live and presenting that bundle proposal to them over the phone than having a five minute chat and saying, oh, okay, great. Sounds good. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to work it all up for you. I'm going to put everything together and I'm going to put it in a tidy little email and I'm going to get it right over into your email inbox <laughs> because then they have to wait for the email and then digest everything. I, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times you can put together the best proposal in the world for someone, but the second it hits their email and they're, they're trying to make sense of it, there's so much confusion. You could give them a $0 deductible, which if one of your carriers had that, yeah. it'd be pretty cool, right? And they would think, oh, that means I don't have that coverage. <laughs> so um, emails are, are not our friend. Now, it doesn't mean that we couldn't or shouldn't send them an email, but this idea of having a short conversation and then building everything on the back end and sending it over, I think is really shooting us in the foot. And this is something that applies to remarkets as well. Let's say the premium went up at renewal and they're like, Hey, I'm shopping you in. Um, you're like, Hey, do you want another quote? I work with other carriers. And they're like, sure. And you say, great, I'll get it over to you in your email. That's not nearly as effective as saying, Hey, I have your policy pulled up right now. Let's take a look through everything together. And so I think that's something that agencies, it's, it's our secret weapon, guys. It's something that we can really rock um, without, um, it, it's going to enable us to really maximize that connection with the client, the things that we don't want to lose about the heart and soul of our agency, but it also allows us to be more efficient because sending an email and then placing 20 follow-up calls or try to get the person on the phone again, isn't uh, efficient either. It's all about that connection. So I think that's, that's one thing that comes to mind. Correct. And if, if, if I can piggyback on that, um, what doesn't make sense to me from the, you're giving up your chance to build the rapport with the customer. So see each other as people, you know, one of the one of the big things, and this is one of the things that I've that 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 I have always it's always been pained for me on 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 the call center side, because when a customer calls into the call center, for some reason, the voice on the other line isn't a person to them almost. Um, it's just somebody who's there giving, you know, giving you the, giving you what it is that you needed. You're buying what you wanted and, and this is the way that you're gonna do it. But the fact of the matter is that my agents are real people. My agents are interesting people. They are people who, who add value just by the fact that ignore the insurance side. So, don't lose the opportunity to build rapport, sell yourself and, and, and really connect to the customer by ending the conversation four minutes in. And then on the backside, you send them the email, the customer's looking for one thing, that price. So you lost the entire opportunity to build value. You've gone through the trouble of, of, of putting together a package based on what this person needs. And then 
you're not going to be able to explain it. You're going to send it off. They're going to look at the one thing that makes sense to them. They don't care about the other pieces. Um, and you lost the chance to say, hey, the reason that my, my, you know, that my policy is more is because I quadrupled your coverage because I can't live with the fact that you were so heavily underinsured. So I just think it's such a bad strategy to get to, 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 lose the customer to lose that time with the customer because you're you literally you're shooting yourself in the foot with 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 all of your i like to say with all of your ammunition like um all of those nuggets that you got in there you're losing them because you the customer's not there can't replace that so yeah how do we get our our team members the, the people that are on the phones talking to the clients how do how do we get them to see that, that opportunity in the consultation? Uh, if we put ourselves in the shoes of our team members for a minute, I think that sometimes the reason they're sending the email is because they're trying to be helpful. <laughs> right? Yes. No, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And you should be able to send the email. Um, like sending the email, I think I am not a fan of that knockdown drag out. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to beat you over the head until you buy my policy approach. The fact of the matter is, and I mean, this is this is this is contrary to what I've learned in in in, in my previous experiences um, in the call center world. But you know, sometimes there are actually families who talk to their spouse. Um, you know, when somebody says, "I want to talk to my spouse about this," well, in my house, we actually do talk to our. To, I do talk to my spouse. Um, and so the fact of the matter is that sometimes you have to send the email out because you have to give the customer that time to digest, to converse, to even even gather the questions to hit you back up with with the things that they didn't understand. The thing is, just don't send the email before you've actually had the conversation. Build the value, build the rapport, and then give them the email so that they can digest, use that as digestion. We, you know, we're 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 licensed insurance professionals. Um, don't count on the customer who has never taken an insurance course in their life to be the person to decipher what it is that you've put together for them. You do that. Mm-hmm. So, how long do you think a a really great insurance consultation, a total risk review would probably take live. Um, I mean, in fairness, if you're having, if, if you're, if you're, you know, it's a, it's difficult to say in a true like conversational format, how long it will take really. It's not, it's not an hours long process. Um, And if more questions arise, then, you know, it could take a little bit longer. I hate to say you can do it in a half hour or you can do it, you know, in an hour or sometimes it is going to take 15 minutes, you know. Uh, it just depends on the individual. But the one thing I can assure you of is that taking that time, spending it now versus wishing you had after the claim, it's just to your advantage. Don't, don't call your insurance company on your lunch break um, because the fact of the matter is that you're talking important stuff. <laughs> so I think the 
training the team, continuous coaching, and really working with them to just help them be able to identify different client needs so that they can adapt and customize their approach with each person. We want to take an individual approach. And sometimes for some team members, it can be really easy to fall into a routine or into a habit of what feels comfortable. So I think the more training and coaching that we do around how to expand the conversation and how to really get to know people while still being um, timely, I think is something that just takes a lot of practice. And that if we have that continuous coaching culture in the agency, it yep. helps make that easier and easier for the team to buy into it and feel really confident and comfortable so that we don't have this um, email overload. <laughs> Correct. So, one last thing that comes to mind for me when I think about things that call centers are doing really well is their, their focus on new business and their marketing methods and this like big online presence. And what I'm hearing from some of my peers in the independent insurance world is that um, it's in some agencies and we see this on the captive side as well. Um, the, there's such a focus on referrals and marketing in the local community that sometimes that online presence can accidentally get left by the wayside. And then you find yourself trying to catch up and trying to build this, this online presence. So, um, so what are your thoughts on that Alejandro and how, um, how call centers are marketing in a way that agency owners can um, be aware of, or just what we need to keep top of mind with that? I mean, so the, the 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 Goliath call centers, they drive their their traffic through through advertisement. I mean, you literally billions of dollars are spent by singular companies for the purposes of making their phone ring. Um, I think I think that having an online presence, especially now offers a level of validity. It offers a level of credibility. So you want to have that online presence. But again, I, I still think it's just one piece that that kind of puts you to that 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 highlights your agency. But driving all of your traffic to online or or really taking the the customer experience out of it and the conversation out of it still to me falls into that dangerous what we're talking about is is really important stuff and so talk to the expert that's the one and 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 i know that part of the plan is to is to talk about what takeaways should call centers take from from agencies and truthfully that's what the call center needs to take from the agency. It's the conversation. It's understanding the client. It's, it's making sure that on every single call, a recommendation is being made that is, that is designed with what the customer needs in mind, not a canned out of the box. Um, you know, if a customer says, is there a way to make this cheaper? Have the conversation. Yes, there is a way to make it cheaper, um, but this is what you lose versus, of course I can, watch this. Ta-da! And then all of a sudden, it is significantly less expensive and the customer is very, very happy until the customer has an accident and then they lose their house. Would I mean, you agree that- it, 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 good. Would you agree that it's a little bit more difficult to steer like a really large ship like the bigger the boat is. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, from a corporate standpoint, um, the, I mean, and this is this is large organizations in general, not just in insurance. It takes a massive amount of time to get stuff done. There are so many levels that things have to go through. Red tape. Uh, even even simple things that you're just like, why is this taking days? I will say, I have. I have I have been waiting for responses to things that seem like they should be just lickety split. I have waited for months before for things that are in need and you recognize that they're in need, but the bureaucracy the bureaucracy takes such a massive amount of time that it just it gets pushed and things don't happen. That's actually I'm, you know, I'm yeah. going to talk quantum here, but one of the one of the best thing, one of the the greatest things about quantum is we do every day we're having the conversation, and if something needs to be done, and if you something needs to, be, exactly, <laughs> we work real time. It, so. It's our probably our strength and our our Achilles heel at the same time. We're like, oh, that was that was so yesterday, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's so where sleep went, by the way. Here's what I'm seeing. <laughs> here's what I'm seeing with this is that we're, we're talking about, okay, here's what call centers do that your agency could like, what could we learn from that? What could we implement in the agency? And then, the, then we're talking about, okay, your agency has this huge competitive advantage and that's your ability to really get to know your clients, like actually get to know them, which I believe you can do over the phone. And hundred you can bring a level of quality that they're not competing with yet. And I'm making a guess here. And that's just that I think it's going to be way harder and way longer for them to adopt what you're doing really well and what your secret weapon is in your tool belt than it would take your agency to adopt some of the things that they're doing. Your online presence, your focus on new business leads, your marketing, a quoting live, a, establishing efficiencies in your agency, working to grow to economy of scale in your agency, you can probably move that needle faster than you realize and a lot faster than a huge mammoth organization is going to see any changes. I don't think they're even interested in necessarily um, shifting to longer conversations or, you know, deeper conversations. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but even if they were, I think it would probably take them a lot longer to catch up. So don't let any grass grow under your feet. Now's the time. There's plenty of opportunity out there. Your agency is not a dinosaur relic of the past. You have this amazing tool belt full of amazing tools that will enable you to compete in the modern market. You just need to get some more tool tools in there, start implementing them now, and you'll be a, a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. It's the right way to purchase insurance is what it boils down to. If you are purchasing your family's protection based on being on the phone for less amount of time, if that is the basis, you messed up. Because the day that you need it, you're going to wish that you had one, learn what your policy was, discuss what you needed and actually created a plan to get that protection in place. That will never happen in a speed-based conversation. It's our secret secret weapon, just really taking care of people and being real pros at what we do and not letting uh, the clock talk us into rushing. So thank you, Alejandro. Always makes my day to kind of dive in and hear more about things from your perspective in your world. And agents, this is about you. The age of independence is here. And this is one of the 
opportunities to leverage one of the biggest waves of opportunity that we could ask for in our agency career. So use competitive intelligence to compete in the modern market, bring your strengths to the table to compete, and you'll be very successful doing so. So thank you, loyal listeners. This is Caitlin Agar and Alejandro Velez uh, signing off until next time. Thank you.